Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello. Hello. I have returned from the depths of Bald Mountain, where they keep the cold virus, or I have... I'm coming out. I'm emerging from the place where the cold had me. Wow. Okay. So anyway, welcome everyone to our main show for the episode entitled Darkness on the Edge of Town. And I want to say that this is episode number 264. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 264. A big thank you for everyone who is supporting us however they can. There's a couple of ways. You can go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. Yes, thank you for true. that. So we have some news. We have listener Ken up in the Vancouver area. Mm-hmm. And he gave us a little weather report. And he said, weather has been awesome here this winter and usually warm. Unfortunately, that's not the case for the East Coast. I know. So he said it's been 50 to 65 Fahrenheit daytime. He even mowed his lawn twice already. It's just unheard of. He said the cherry blossoms are out as well as crocuses and the beginning of daffodils. The only snow they had there was a couple of days in November. This has been a strange winter. Yeah. For sure. It really has. Even in Vancouver. Yeah. But it is magical, and you've got all kinds of magical things happening. Well, and flowers are wonderful. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We also got a really cool email from Jeannie, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Mm -hmm. It says, hello, Jeff and Colleen. Uh, She talks about she's a longtime listener of the podcast. We thank you so much. She said, the reason I'm writing is that some friends of mine and I have launched a Captain Swan t-shirt charity campaign. We're doing our best to get the word out to help raise not only money for this charity, but also awareness of something that is prevalent in our time, uh, but never really focused on as it should be, suicide awareness. Mm. Um, They've designed a T-shirt, a Captain Swan T-shirt, to sell. There's also a tank top or hoodie to raise money for the the charity. Uh, The charity is uh, SOSAD, Save Our Sons and Daughters, Mm -hmm. and it's an Ireland-registered suicide prevention charity uh, that Colin O'Donohue supports. Excellent. And all the proceeds from this campaign go directly to them. So I have a link to that. Um, I just want to read just a little more about it. The group has six locations, including Colin's hometown of, I'm going to mess this up, Drogheda? I, I don't know. Drogheda? I don't know. It's a D-R-O-G-H-E-D-A. I, yeah, I'm, Sorry, I'm unfortunately Colin. versed in yeah. drugged. I don't know. Okay. The charity's five main goals are to raise awareness of suicide in Ireland, break the taboo surrounding suicide, provide support and direction to those feeling suicidal, provide support and direction to those approached by someone feeling suicidal, and to provide support and direction for those bereaved by suicide. It's really a great cause to 
to support the need to help those who can't help themselves have become more prevalent every day around the world. Uh, and just to let you know, the campaign was going to end as far as this, the shirt and the hoodie and, and all that is going to end on March 21st. So go to the show notes and check out the link if you are so inclined and buy a shirt or two to support that. Yeah. So anyway, thank you, Jeannie, for that email. And we're really happy to help. I think it's Drojeta. <coughs> okay. I don't think you pronounce the G. Drojeta is what I think. But anyway. All right. Excellent. So let us move forward. And I'm sorry about my voice and the coughing. I'm going to do my best to move forward. And this is where we are. So let's talk about some views. We just rewatched the episode. I took some notes, but of course, Colleen, you can give sure. your feedback. Sure, sure, sure. The Storybrook Town line, it's an amazing line. Not only does it heal limping if you're the dark one, mm-hmm. but it also puts back on your tie. So it's like a style healing type of a thing. So the magic really puts you together. And it's interesting how the, the real world is an equalizer because when you take someone magical out, they face normal life like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really interesting. And what I was wondering is what is up with Chernabog's belt? I was wondering if it was a source of its power and protection. What do you think? Uh, possible. I did notice some things about Chernabog that I didn't notice before. <clears throat> The primary thing being that he has almost goat-like legs. They're very furry. Mm-hmm. So he almost seems to be a satyr, which is a Greek mythological half-man, half-goat. Yep. So kind of wondering if that's kind of the case here. Um, and but I don't know what his belt is significant for, if there's any point of it. There was a great comment on our Facebook mm-hmm. page, and I thank everyone for liking us on Facebook. And we'll give you more information at the end of the show, how to find all those links. Uh, from Carla, and Carla noticed that it appears the belt buckle appears to be a crest of some kind, so possibly a cursed royal. That actually falls into a lot of the different creatures that we've seen. They are cursed creatures or transformed creatures or something like that. So that could very well be. So I'm very interested uh, with seeing what the Chernabog was and what it is. And if the if it is a satyr, half man, half animal Mm -hmm. that could also play into it as well all right at least somewhat of a shape of a human and an animal so i mean it's it's certainly possible we've seen that in the past with you know the mogwai so yes i wouldn't put it past them to do that maybe you know maybe it isn't it, it could just very well be a um yeah it could just very well be like just a regular demon, like they said. Mm-hmm. Right. So. <clears throat> the I did put some close-up screenshots of the information that was on that large board that that Killian kind of knocked off. Yeah. And actually, mm-hmm. I need to correct something. It's not a satyr. Okay. Satyr is Greek, and it's um, half man, half horse. But a fawn is the Roman equivalent which was half man half goat so it'd be more a fawn okay so anyway i won't i won't say any other words because they will be wrong so (laughs) i will i will move forward 
the <clears throat> the close-up of the information on that large board, one of the things we did see is Mother Superior's name. It's actually Rural Gorm. Rural Gorm. It is now proven. We have... Yeah. Information from a police report in right, Storybook. Which we already knew anyway. But I'm, I'm just saying it's very interesting to see because we know that that's her fairy tale name. Right. right. Sure. Sure, yeah. sure. So that was kind of fun to see. Also, there's, in, there's a little note there. It says, Yen Sid is the landlord of the sorcerer's house. Mm-hmm. It's a little note yeah. there. And so our friend Nancy from the Diz Unplugged podcast said, I'm betting that Yinsid was purely for the fan theorist, loving the detail in the hometown info. Who are Peter and Emily Lurie from Michigan? Another great question. There's all these little things that you can look for and, and really get and have a little fun looking around. So anyway, but I think they're, they may be kind of throwing people off. They see, I knew it, Yen said, see, it's Walt Disney, or see, it's whatever. But mm-hmm. we will see as things go on. I wanted to read some Facebook posts. Again, thank you all for liking us on Facebook and getting involved and, and putting on your posts and comments and all that. We really appreciate it. This is from Rebecca. Thank you for alerting me that there was a book of 101 Dalmatians. I'm reading it now. Cruella's hubby is indeed in it. And Cruella mentions that she made him change his last name to hers. Love it. Hmm. I've never read the book. I mean, maybe the, the kids' little version, you know. But of 101 Elements. Uh, yeah, no, I have not either. Not the original yeah. book. I've only seen the Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Which I, I love that movie. It's a great movie. I, I have not seen that in a long time. And I, I know it's, it's out now. So mm-hmm. we'll have to pick it up. I think we actually have it. Before it goes back in the warehouse. or The vault. The vault. The Disney vault. The Disney vault. All right. So the next comment on Facebook is from Aubrey. It says, I think there was a small, small chance that the author is Henry in the future, writing down everyone's stories because he knows them all and sends the book back in time or something to himself so that he can believe and help Emma believe. But that's probably way off. I think anything is plausible at this point. Right. I mean, we've and, seen that they've taken stuff that we thought was like impossible to do and they've done it. So he knows a lot about that book. Sure. He does. And especially if he's kind of just nosing around and then he happens upon this room. It, who, who knows, you know, and maybe if, if that's him in the future, anyway, it's just, it, it, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's fun to theorize yeah. And have your ideas and kind of talk about it and send them to us. That's certainly fine. Oh, absolutely. That's really kind of why we do what we do is because mm-hmm. we love to get you guys involved. And what do you think? So anyway, thank you for that. Here's some email points. This is from Alina. It says, nice to see Snow doubting people. It's refreshing for her character instead of giving them a second chance. The Chernabog was after Emma because of her potential potential for evil interesting most be trying uh to do theme of what really makes a villain the theme of what really makes what makes a villain a villain good and evil it's interesting how snow and charming threaten ursula and cruella i really want to know what happened in the enchanted forest we do as well what was that interaction Mm -hmm. what happened what did they get involved in 
Yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's very good. And the no. fact that they don't want Emma to know mm-hmm. kind of makes me wonder if this whole thing has to do with them giving her up to be the savior. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. I also want to say this is that it is it is kind of funny, but it's not. Is the old parents not wanting the kids to know the secrets? Right. Because parents are just perfect, walk on water, never do this, never do that. But then as time goes on, you learn, wait a minute, you did do that. Mm-hmm. You told me, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And so it's, to me, that's part of what this is, part of it. So Yeah, it's possible. Thank you, Alina, for that. This is from Chris. I just have to say a big, as a big Disney and Fantasia fan, the reveal that the Dark Curse came from Bald Mountain was one of my most, one of my favorite reveals so far in the show. And the Chernabog was awesome. <clears throat> awesome. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Victoria Smurfit is killing it as Cruella. Spot on. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. I see. I see what mm-hmm. you did. Awesome episode. 8.5 out of 10 clucks. Nice. Very good. <coughs> you want to? You have it up? I didn't okay. get anything. All right. And your email? I sent it? Okay. Yeah, it's, I'll show you. Alrighty. It's not there. That's it. All right. This is from Trace. That's all I have. Okay. This is from Trace. So, hi, Jeff and Colleen. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, Colleen and Jeff. Trace said, <laughs> ladies first, sir. <laughs> Very good. Great to have you back on, back for the season return, like a comfy blanket on a long, cold day. Oh, Aww, that is the thank nice. you very much. And that is a wonderful thing. Yes, it on is. On a cold day. Here's some of my thoughts. I love this return. They answered some questions and gave us some more fun new stuff. Oh, Colleen, the old curse, Regina's, was that you lose memories when you cross the line. The new curse is that you can't come back once you leave. Ingrid's curse. Mm-hmm. But you do remember who you are. Mm-hmm. I remember you asking in the last podcast. It's hard to keep them all <clears throat> separate, but thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. We need a Rolodex of curses. Like, so. We do. There's so many. There's pans and, oh, my gosh. And there's snow. Remember her little? Oh, my gosh. It's just curses yeah. are plenty. Yeah. Heroes. Are. Oh, uh, one thing. Sorry, Trace. I, I need to say this really fast is that Tyler um, tweeted a couple of things that I really wanted to mention. One was that he felt that Blue was holding things back from Regina when they were having their, it was very intense, a tense discussion, mm-hmm. and even in watching it again. And I feel the same way. And so did Tyler as well as it. She wasn't saying everything that she knew. And the second thing was, is this episode reminded him of Fantasmic and it did for me as well. Mm-hmm. We have Chernabog. Sure. We have Maleficent. Yeah. We have Ursula and Cruella. Cruella. Cruella was not in, but neither was Maleficent or Ursula. They well, were not in in Fantasia at all. Oh, I'm sorry. Fantasmic. <clears throat> Fantasmic is yes. a whole other ball game. Yep. If it's Fantasmic, then yes, we do have Ursula and Maleficent and Fantasmic. Mm-hmm. At, uh, that's the show at Disneyland. They also have one in Walt Disney World, and I'm pretty sure they're both in that it's one. It's really well. close, really close. And with, they're you know, similar, but there's major differences. Yeah, the other difference. There's probably Cruella on the Mark Twain boat at the end, somewhere, sometime. Maybe. Possibly, yeah. Uh, not in Disneyland. Okay. But anyway. And, yeah, there's two different versions, too. So. Who knows? Anyway, sorry about that, Trace. So let's go back to Trace's email. 
Heroes going dark. Villains trying to be good. Sounds cool to me. I I totally mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. It flip-flops what we've kind of been seeing before. Right. And it's nice to see Regina, who's seen it all, and now is on the other side of things. You know, Regina in this episode alone is totally, and I keep saying this, it's like a broken record, totally different from the first season. Oh, yeah. The first season, Regina would never allow anyone a second chance. Well, yeah, she would have wanted to toast them. And even season two. Remember, she was kind of going back and forth on being nice. It really isn't worth it. And even part of season three was that kind of thing. But I think she's finally... She struggled with it more in season three. Mm-hmm. Whereas season two, she was not quite... She was she was curious about making a move towards that direction. But she was... Season three, she struggled with it. Because she right. tried it and it didn't work for her the way she thought it was going to. And yeah. so she was struggling. But now she's really, she's really moved full force into that whole, I really want to be good. I want my happy ending and... I need to I need to not be remembered as this horrible evil queen. There's there's an interesting term that says that if you've been forgiven much you you're a big forgiver. And mm-hmm. so she has been. Mm-hmm. She has gone through that process. And so of all the people who would really allow Cruella and Ursula to come over into Storybrook it would be her. Right. Cuz she knows what it's like. All those times yeah, so. And I love the fact that Emma is seeing this with her and is on her side. And, you know, I think Emma sees some of herself in Regina. They were very similar and they were closed off and they were, you know, all kinds of things. And and now that they're, you know, working together, I, I think it's really a it's, it's a great it's a great plot twist in this show. Yep. I will continue with Trace's email. Very. O-U-A-T to flip the script, so I think it'll be very interesting seeing Regina as the moral compass, good point, over the Charmings was great. This is some secret for them to break character. It will cause mistrust with Emma and help her to turn to the dark side, I think. I have a strange feeling that Lily is somehow involved in all this, but I don't know how. I can't wait. Cruella is the best. How great was her green breath power? Just like the movie with her green cigarette smoke. Ah, I thought that was brilliant. Love her one-liners, but Regina asking how a plate of uncooked calamari got the dark one's cell phone was priceless. A couple things did make me go, hmm, why did they let them keep the scroll? I, I was just saying this when we watched we, the episode. We were thinking the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah, they didn't take it back. And it's funny because they didn't recognize that they had given it to them. They should have taken it back, but they they didn't recognize it. And that's the only reason why, you know, I think they were just so like, okay, on edge and maybe a little wary, you know, they were wanting them to come over because they want to give them that second chance. And I loved Regina's speech to uh, Snow and Charming about that. You know, give, you know, if I, how can I pursue my own happy ending if I'm not willing to let them do the same thing? If they really want to, then they should be allowed the opportunity to do so. And it's a very fascinating thing. I mean, it's, it's that whole thing of human nature. We tend to mm-hmm. hold people hostage once they've done something wrong and we hold them in that, in that box of you've done this wrong. So therefore this is the box you're in. And we tend not to want to let them out of that box uh, because we're afraid of getting hurt again. Totally get it. Right. I mean, it's a human nature response. Um, but I love that Regina was like, look, I got to have my own 
happy ending, but I need to be willing to give them that too. So loving it. Uh, yeah, I, that was great. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> All right. So uh, I will continue with the email. You do want your boyfriend back, right? Kind of convenient. And we need some scroll rules for sure. Ladies, always be sure to check for the sneaky black smoke they re- that releases evil devil dogs that seek the heart of the potential darkness, right? <laughs> Blue is still very evasive. She knows more than I think she will end up as being someone very important when this whole show ends. Why didn't they ask her what's going on in the hat? No one was curious. Hook is so upset about sucking the apprentice in there, but never ask about him. Very good. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. a great, great point yeah. as well. And I wonder if when they're in the hat, do they interact? Is it like they, another land or area must. or something? Well, because I watched it again, you know, today and watching Blue coming out of the hat, she was like, I mean, they asked her, are you all right? And she says, no, but I'll live. Being mm-hmm. stuck in there with, and then she didn't finish the sentence because they were just like, all, oh, blah, 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 happy to see them. Clearly, she had interactions with whatever and whoever was in the hat. And it wasn't just Chernabog. You know, it just was not only Chernabog. Well, what was Chernabog doing in there? I mean, that's kind of another outstanding question I have. It's like, why well, why him? Or why it? Yeah. You know, why there, there's a lot of reasons. You know, a lot of things. All right. So last, I hope that all three of these villainesses don't end up dying this season. I would like to see some true redemption. And that's very much on the table. I think we saw that with the Snow Queen, that there is room for redemption instead of just doing off with the bad whatever. And I do want to say this. This has nothing to do with this email, but I just want to get this out before I forget. Dead isn't dead, I guess. Well. Which is kind of not right. well, again, part of it is is that when you think about it, what have they always said dead is dead for? Who have they said that for? Who did they make that statement for? Well, so Neil for sure. Neil for sure, right? And Graham. also Daniel. Right. And who? Graham. Graham. None of whom were magical beings. All right. Right? Fair enough. All right. Rumpel right. himself actually said he last, died too. Well, yeah. he died. He's a magical being. Secondly, we also had Blue. him talking about Blue, who mm-hmm. was a, again a magical being. Yep. The other yep. one we had that happened is Maleficent, who is a mm-hmm. magical yep. being. Okay. And Rumpel even said last half of the season, first half of the season, I should say, that magic can't be destroyed. There's always still some form of it. Yeah. Right? Okay. All right. That's the only thing I can. That's the only reason I would I would go with the fact that they're going to be able to resurrect Maleficent because the fact is she's a magical being. So if by property of magic not ever being totally fully destroyed, there's some element of her around, then I'm not drinking the haterade. I'm just saying. Nope. It's just very confusing. But you have to understand, human so. beings are not magical. Right. So therefore, when a human being dies, dead is dead. Okay. When Rumpel became the Dark One, he became a magical being. Right. Right? right. Yep. No. So that's kind of the thing, which makes it interesting because does this mean that Emma? Yeah. Good point. What, what, what side does she fall on? Is she magical? I don't know. Because she is the savior? Well, I would say if they can, if you can't pull a heart out of somebody, they're magical. 
that's kind of the way it goes for me, but that's me. Maybe yes or no. I mean, regular people. And if you can, can stand side to side with the, until lately, the evil queen, now just Regina queen. Uh-huh. And stave off a um, Chernabog attack. Eh, right. I think you're magical. So yeah, probably. Yeah. So. All right. I will continue with the email. This is a great email. Just <laughs> brings up a lot of really cool stuff. Thank you again. Does Rumpel ever have a conscience? Ugh, I hope he doesn't get the dagger back. Oof. You and me and Belle both. Well, and everybody. All of us. Everybody, yeah. I want Regina to have control over the dagger. She's the only trustworthy one there right now. How ironic. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Yeah. And I, and I love how, and I've mentioned this before, how the show causes a character to change in certain situations that you would never want them in at one point. And another point, it's actually the, per- just like you're saying, it's just, that's what's nice about a TV show. This is what's different than a film. Mm-hmm. A film is two hours. I mean, you can kind of do the same thing, sure. but not really. I mean, we're talking about four years and all these different episodes and situations. So, yeah, great stuff. Can't wait to see how this all starts playing out. Looking like a great 4B. Big love to both of you and all the Wunchers listening. Ta-ta. Talk to you later next week, Trace. Thank you so much, Trace, for that great email. And this is an email from Brad. Hi, guys. It's great to have the show back on and to hear the podcast again. Sorry about my voice. I hope life is treating you well and that you're both having a cluckety-cluck-cluck day. Yeah, Yeah, I'm... Having a cluckety cluck cluck day. Better than Tuesday or Wednesday. Now, unto the things I learned this week on the episode Darkness on the Edge of Town. Number one, halitosis and Cruella go great together. <laughs> they do. And she and she even uses it to influence dogs and scarabs and all kinds of stuff. Number two, Henry will never win the perfect attendance award for his school. That's true. <laughs> or riding the bus. I mean, no, he he rode he, the bus before. He's ridden the bus yeah, before. Yeah. yeah. Number three, make sure you stock up on ramen when the dark one comes to visit. He loves the ramen. He <laughs> loves the ramen. And I wonder if it was shrimp flavored ramen. No, it was <laughs> chicken. Uh, it was chicken, which is actually makes, more right. appropriate. Yep. True. Number four, why go through the annoying hassle of using your hands to remove pictures off the wall when you just burn them off? Well, mm. Regina's got style. She's got style. She does. Number five, there is a possibility that Snow consumed alcoholic beverages while on the job as mayor. Possibly. Well, with a town like that. Well, not necessarily. Know. I mean, a bottle opener. Doesn't not when she's mean... pregnant, though. Well, yeah. And she not wasn't when she's pregnant. pregnant. She wasn't pregnant when she was mayor. Okay. All right. She had just had baby Neil. And so chances are she wasn't alcohol. She wasn't drinking alcohol. I mean, a bottle opener can be used for root beer, like Emma said. Right. Maybe after five. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Number six, DeVille's driving instructor must have accepted bribes. No, you ain't kidding. <laughs> but according to the animated feature, that's how she drives. I got to see this thing. I know. Green cigarette smoke. and Yeah. Okay. Number seven, the E word should not be thrown around flippantly. That's right. So there's a list of things, you know, all these kind of letter words. An E word, let's add that to the list. Mm-hmm. Let's not mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Number eight, getting the smell of fish out of your dress is one of the many hardships of being a fairy tale character. That's true. 
Unless you're Maleficent. I mean, unless you're Ursula herself. True, true. Uh, number nine, there is no redemption for a dwarf named Evilly. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Regina always does have the great lines that are pretty funny. I, I, I got to keep reading. Number 10, Anton has finally made a name for himself outside of Storybrooke. Yep. That's true. Yes. Mr. Klux, thank you, Mr. Brad, for that wonderful email. And we really appreciate it. That's it. I, I want to kind of rest my voice until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I want to send big love and big cough lozenges if you need them mm-hmm. out there and big love is so big you cannot keep it all to yourself so take what you need and pass on to somebody else that's what makes life worth living yes please tweet us when you're listening tweet at o-u-a-t podcast mm-hmm. on your mobile phone you can listen on your mobile phone we're on or stitcher your, or your computer i mean you could do you the listen on, do that as well so tweet at us and say boy you know, whatever. That was such a great point. Da 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 da. We love to hear. We love to see your tweets while you're listening. Yeah. We really appreciate that. So that's it for now. So we're gonna have another first thoughts tomorrow. We will. And I'm hoping I'm gonna be feeling better and sounding better tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Until then, guys, take care. Thanks so much for listening to us and spreading the word and supporting us however you can. Talk to you soon. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roni's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time. <laughs>